0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Psalm 71 and reading for our text, verse 16. Psalm 71 and verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine. Only Psalm seventy one and verse sixteen. The people of God are not to remain ever in one place. They are a pilgrim people, a people that will be called out of the world and to follow after the Lord, just like the children of Israel were pilgrims. They travelled from Egypt to the Promised Land. They're not to be forced and caused to go into places or to do things that they are not made willing to do. We read that thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. But nevertheless, they are to be brought to know and do the will of God. Very often they feel painfully their own weakness, their inability, and have rising up within them many obstacles, many objections to that which the Lord would have them to walk in. And so it is when we have the experience of the psalmist here that the psalmist has made this resolve that he will go. He says, I will go. I will make this move. I will do this thing. But it shall not be In my own strength, it shall be in the strength of the Lord God. And when I go, I'm going to have something to say. And I will mention, I will mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. He's not going proclaiming himself, proclaiming his goodness, proclaiming what he has done. But what the Lord has done and imparted and imputed To him. And there's great teaching in this for a people that the Lord would have walk in his ways and to go from place to place, and especially where they are to walk in places where they feel that they have not the ability and strength and help in themselves. The Lord will so order it that his people are a dependent people, a people. It must look to him for help in everything. And if you have come, come to the house of God or hear the word uh, this evening and there are those things that are set before you and your heart fails and you know you haven't got the strength, you know you haven't got the wisdom, may this word be a help and a strength to you. the Lord's word to show you what to do and how to do it. So I want to look then firstly at the psalmist resolve, I will go. And then secondly, how he could go. And he describes this as in the strength of the Lord God. And then thirdly, what he should say. I will make mention. Of thy righteousness, even of thine only. But firstly, we have the psalmist resolve: "I will go." I want to look at this from several aspects. We more already mentioned the children of Israel departing out of Egypt, but we could go back to before that. And we think of Abraham, called by God to go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans and to go into the place where God would tell him of. We read that he went, and yes, that he lingered at Haran until uh, Terah died, and then he was given the word again to go. And we Read in Hebrews that this was one of the acts of faith of Abraham that when he was called he went out not knowing whither he went. And so began the uh, sojourn of the children of Israel and the promises that the Lord gave to Abraham and Abraham who saw Christ day and rejoiced at it. We think of the children of Israel then coming out of Egypt, a called out people, a people that were in the midst of another people, a people that were under bondage, they were labouring, had taskmasters over them, and it was the Lord that instigated that they should come out. He foretold it to Abraham that in the fourth generation that they should come forth. And here it was then that raised up Moses and then appeared to Moses those 80 years after in the wilderness uh, to send him back to his own people and to bring them up out of Egypt. Moses was very concerned at first that the people would not believe him that they would not hearken, that they would not want to go. But the Lord gave him the signs to work in their presence. And even then, Moses was very backward. He made all sorts of excuses that he was not eloquent, that he was not able to speak well. And the Lord said that, "'I know thy brother Aaron, he can speak well, he shall be thy mouthpiece.'" and Moses he said oh send by whomsoever thou wilt send but he did not want to go but the Lord sent him and did make him willing to go and he did go and in effect he said I will go and he goes to Egypt and he goes to his people and he speaks to them and they see the signs and the wonders, and they also believe that God had sent him and made willing to say, I will go to go up out of Egypt. And the Lord then was to work that, to bring that about. Sometimes it is when the Lord gives that willingness, there's not the possibility of doing so, and there's a watching watching his hand, and especially when we think of what it sets forth with the children of Israel, God's people, come ye out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Almighty. It's a hard thing sometimes when the people of God have a friendship group round about them, those who have known them in unregeneracy those that they've gone to the pub with and gone to all the pleasures with and the Lord begins to work in their hearts and then makes them willing to, wanting to part with that company, to have a different company, to go to the people of God and to separate from those of the world. You know what a working it was to make a lot willing to go out of Sodom. You'd think, surely, he would have been very willing, but in that case, the, the angels, they had to take hold of him to bring him up uh, out of Sodom. But the, I will go, God's people are to be brought to that, to go and separate, go away from the ungodly and from the world and to cast in their lot amongst the people of God. Maybe it can even be like this, to uh, have the Word of God, uh, to hear of it for the first time, or uh, hearing about the places of worship. You've never been to a place of worship before, never attended before, and the very thought of stepping over the threshold. So, Fearful, so frightened, so afraid, and then at last a resolve, the willingness: I will go. I'll go. I'll go to that place. I'll go and hear the word. I'll go and hear the preaching. As Amos here says, "I will go." The Lord's people will have adversaries. David. He was brought to a place where he heard Goliath coming out, challenging the people of God. And David, he says to King Saul, "My servant will go. Will go and fight with this Philistine." Very different thing than just running away from the adversary, but to to go and to to fight. And there will be those times, and that is very necessary for the people of God. No armour on their back, as Bunyan points out with his pilgrim, but only on the front. Our Lord warned about the time when the people of God will be brought before kings and rulers for his name's sake. Persecuted for the true sake. And it is a path that no doubt many of the martyrs walked where they had that before them that they had to meet with their adversaries, accusers and their language was, I will go. And then even later on, even go to the stake. Maybe as well, because it is the calling of each one that is called by grace and quickened into divine life to be part of the family of God, part of the church of God here below, and to be obedient to the Lord's commands in baptism and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, that the exercise of that brought before them, week by week it may be, and goes over in their minds many changes, sometimes a willingness, sometimes not, sometimes think it's right, sometimes feel not, and then to be brought as the psalmist here, I will go. I believe if you were to speak to all of us that uh, profess members of the Church of Christ, we can remember, we can think back where we have felt of going to speak to the pastor, speak to those in the church, And in essence, it has been this resolve I will go. But then there are those that are called to the ministry of the word. Our Lord spoke of two that he said, To go and work in my vineyard. And one said, I go, Lord, but went not. And the other said, I will not go, but then afterward repented and he went. But it is another place that those of us in the ministry exercise maybe for many years, 13 years in my case, and amazing thing to think this year or coming up is this next month. Already it would have been 30 years preaching uh, in the gospel. And yet we can remember when there was that being made willing, and to be able to say, I, I will go. Maybe much hanging back like Moses, but at last the resolve, as the psalmist here, I will go. And then we have the pastorate as well. Those of us that have been called to a pastorate, we can not only look to when the Lord called us by grace and called us into the Ministry, but also when called to a pastorate, and the decision, the knowing what is right and what is the right path to walk, to again be brought to that, uh, I will go. In one sense, it it follows on maybe from much searching, much exercise, much toing and froing, and and is the end result of it. I will go. We can think of other situations as well throughout our lives, and if we are truly exercised in the things of God, that our steps be ordered by the Lord, we seek to know and do the Lord's will. We think of employment, we think of moves in Providence and in our houses we think of their age friends that have their in their homes and maybe it comes a time that they cannot cope and they, they need to go into Bethesda or pilgrim home uh, very very difficult but to be brought to a time when they uh, say I will go I, I, I will make this move, i make this change uh, and there is that moving to Another step, another, another place, then there's that final move, isn't there that removing from this earthly scene, the psalmist here he seems to range throughout this psalm right through his life. he now he says, "I am old and grey-headed, O oh God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation thy power." to everyone that is to come. And, you know, I witnessed it, even with those of the dear Lord's people, with a good hope, a hope beyond the grave. It's a hard thing to part here, to part with loved ones, to go from the air we know we breathe, our food and all that we know about this life into an unknown way, ye have not walked this way heretofore. It's a great blessing to be made willing, like the Apostle Paul says, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, to be loosened from this world and to go and to be with the Lord. As we said at the beginning, there will be those many times in the life of the people of God. We like to sometimes settle down in our nest. We like to have everything comfortable and everything where we feel secure. And the thought of changing is very, very difficult. And I remember even in one place of employment and so very clearly given the next employment but to make that move of accepting the new offer and to resign and to change from the four years that I knew about to an unknown which ended up 12 years and then a few more years over here a wonderful provision of employment but I still remember the uncertainty and the, the lingering and the The need even of the one that had been the means of getting me the employment, saying, if you don't give an answer, you're going to miss it. You won't have that job. You get back and you give them the answer. And looking back, I think, why ever did I hang back? But in the end, it had to be, I will go. And so it may be this evening, there's that hanging back, that uncertainty, and that need to be brought to this, what the psalmist here says, I will go. And it's a blessed thing if the Lord is exercising us, leading us, causing us to uh, be burdened over those things that we should be walking in, not forced in it, but actually make the move ourselves. we like to think sometimes that we won't have to make a decision that it may it will be so forced into it will be completely taken out of our hands well sometimes the Lord guides like that we only got to look at the life of Moses and sorry not Moses Joseph where Joseph he did his father's bidding but then when he comes to his brethren, what say had he in being cast into the pit? What say had he in being sold? What said he about being a servant to Potiphar? What said he when he was falsely accused and cast into prison? What say did he have as being brought up out of prison and next to Pharaoh? It was all taken out of his hands. But you might say that is not often a common thing. There are those... At times when we are shown and when we are to know the Lord's will and we have to make the move, make the decision and actually act. I will go. Isaiah, he says, when the question was asked, who shall go for me? Here am I. Uh, The willingness of Isaiah to go. Here am I, send me. I want to look then secondly at how he could go. He says, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. And really this is so vital that we, like the psalmist, be looking at a strength outside of ourselves. There's one aspect in this. It would be a hard thing for the Lord's dear people to be walking in a wrong way, a way contrary to the Scripture, and to walk in this way, saying, "I'm going to go in the strength of the Lord God." How can we ask the Lord's blessing on something that the Lord says, "Don't do"? How can we ask for the Lord's help and strength when what we're going to use it for is to be like Jonah and find a ship and run away from the Lord instead of doing his bidding? So the very text is, is a test as to what we have before us. Can you, can I ask the Lord's blessing upon it? Will he, could he, give his strength to what we are doing. You think of it in a natural way. So if you were a child and you got your parent and parent was willing to give you money, give you uh, help, strength, help you move as it were, and you decided you were going to make a move and go into some place where you knew your parent wouldn't approve of, could you expect there? financing that could you expect to have their help in that it would really show you it would be a warning sign to you if they're not prepared to do it you should start thinking is this going into something that i shouldn't be, be going into at all and so there is a, a mindfulness of god giving approval or blessing upon what we do. There's another aspect, of course, if we are walking by prayer, can we ask the Lord's blessing on what we're doing? Are we making it a matter of prayer or are we just saying that I will go and relying on our own strength and relying on our own wisdom and our own help? The psalmist, he says, I will go in the strength of, of the Lord God. When we think of the Lord bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them out by a high hand. Another place it says he brought them out by strength of hand. They're not a, a weak thing, it wasn't a feeble thing, it was very definite, very clear, separating. and then he destroyed their enemies and separated them with the Red Sea between them and Egypt. The Lord indeed did give that strength that was so needed. And really those nine signs in Egypt shown what a great thing it was to separate them. If the children of Israel had thought beforehand, well we're not really we're not really in bondage here, we can just walk out. How wrong they were. They were not easy to let go like that. And you know, Satan won't let go his captives easy. The world will not let go those that are in its grasp. And it is the almighty power of God to separate and to draw unto himself. No man cometh unto me except the Father which sent me, draw him. And I'll raise him up at the last day. That separating, coming out unto the Lord, is none other than the power and work of the Lord. Paul, when he writes to the Ephesians, he tells them that the power that was wrought in them that believed was the same power that raised up Christ from the dead. Nothing shorter than that, to quicken them into life and to separate them uh, from the world. We think of David going out against Goliath, the adversary. Uh, he, he didn't want Saul's armour. He hadn't proved that. But he had proved the strength of the Lord in delivering him from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. And you might say, how can you correlate the two? How can you equate Goliath with a lion and a bear? you might look in your life and you say, well, I see the Lord has helped me with strength in this and that, but they're relatively small things compared with what I am to go through now. But David didn't think that. He traced it that it was the hand of the Lord that delivered him. That's the main thing. Great or small, it was the Lord that delivered him. And the Lord did not lack in strength or power He could deliver it, he did, out of Goliath's hand, the same as he did out of the lion and out of the bear. Many of the dear martyrs have knew what it was, the same as the three Hebrews' children that were brought before Nebuchadnezzar, the great might of Babylon, and a king enraged, Yet they stood before him and said, Be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve. Thine idols we will not bow down to thine image. Our God, whom we, ask, uh, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery f- f- furnace. But if not, be it known unto thee, we will not bow down unto thine image. They left it to the Lord, whether he delivered their bodies or not, but they knew that he was able to keep them from bowing down to that idol. And the Lord delivered their bodies and delivered them from worshipping that idol and turned the kings so that uh, he marvelled. He said, the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. There in the fire, the fire having no power upon those three hebrew children and not even the smell of fire was upon them and yet those that cast them into the fire they were slain with the heat of it what a difference when the lord's strength is with one and not with another and that strength is of course in our lord and savior jesus christ I will go in the strength of the Lord, the Lord God. And it is in the Lord Jesus Christ that is the strength of his people. It is the right hand of his power. It is how he can do anything for sinners under condemnation and still be just and righteous and holy still. It is because it is Christ that died and rose again. It is because he has borne the wrath of God. He has taken away the sentence of death and he has given it so that God is able to save sinners and to appear for their help. We think of going before the church. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. What a difference than just saying I will go. Again, it is a committing to the Lord, a path a path of the Lord's directing. Where the Lord directs, then he will give strength and help so to do. We have then, of course, with Moses and many of the people of God feeling so weak, so insufficient, whether it is for uh, going to the church of God or entering upon the ministry or taking a pastorate, uh, not feeling to have that strength and ability themselves. But to be able to add this, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. He will give me grace. He will give me strength. He will give me help. It won't come from myself. Many times when... One is prepared to make such a, a declaration as this. They've been brought to know by personal experience, their weakness, their inability, their lack of wisdom, their lack of strength. And the devil may shine upon that and say, look, you look at this and he point to real things that you've done or that you've said, you say, how can you ever be a church member? How can you ever be one of God's people when, when you've done this or said that or thought this? And he, he, he puts it as a mark against us when the Lord could put it as a mark for us by saying, I've shown you what you are. I've shown you how weak you are, but now you go in my strength. Is not a way for the pride of man. It is for the humble and for the lowly and for those that come with nothing in their hand, simply clinging to the cross of Christ and resting on Christ. We forget sometimes that the spirit and frame of the people of God, they don't come at it easy. Sometimes it is like the disciples with the, the Lord, and they're with him, and they're walking with him, and do you think they're going to do everything right, say everything right, think everything right? They're the Samaritans, and they don't receive the Lord, so they say, I think they've got the warrant of Scripture too. Shall we call down fire from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? And the Lord reproves them and says, You know not what spirit you're of. What? Disciples of the Lord? Those are going to preach. Those are going to be the apostles. They don't know what spirit they're of. They should have the love of souls. And they hear the commanding fire to come down from heaven. These are the last people I'd send into my vineyard. How humbling that must have been for them. And you read many things that the disciples did and said. And they weren't anything to be proud of. Poor Peter would never forget the three times he denied his Lord and Master. But it didn't mean the Lord said, "Just because you've done that, you'll never ever be of use." No, when thou art converted, when thou art restored, strengthen thy brethren. And he strengthened them, not in himself, not saying, "Look how good I was," and look at my resolutions but pointing them to the Lord, because he painfully felt his own weakness and ability. And you can see that the words of the psalmist here, not easy, come at, but it is vital for the people of God if they are to put the crown on his head and be successful and be used and be blessed, that they are looking where their strength really is. And there's not just reading it and understanding it by the the word as to where that is, but feeling it really in themselves, really to know that if left to their own strength, as sometimes the Lord has, that it will lead them, and they don't have that ability at all. And so when we think of that last parting, that last going from this world, many Of the Lord's people we read in Hebrews of those who through fear of death have all their lifetime be subject to bondage fearing that time that shall come and when it has come the Lord has given dying grace in a dying hour it is grace to help in time of need we are not to expect that we have a stock in hand first and that we'll have that and then we'll go forth. And that applies to all the way along the way as well. We need that help. And in in the ministry, though we study the Word, though we prepare ourselves in prayer for the Word and for preaching, yet it is in the hour that it, it is needed. I taught a painful lesson of that years ago, driving to Black Boys. And I remember the parts of the road that... I prayed to the Lord I might have sweet meditation on my text and what I was going to preach. And I did, all the way there. When I got up to preach, I felt this hard and dead and cold and wooden. Yes, I preached, but I would much rather have had the sweetness I had on the journey there uh, than the hardness I felt in the pulpit then. And we ask for that help. It is vital. It is when we need it not to have that stock in hand and then say, now I've got it, now I can see it, now I'll go forth. No, don't expect that. Wherever it is, whether it's to go before the church or ministry or pastorate, whatever the move is, that strength is given when it is needed and it is as our eyes are upon the Lord. And so when death comes as well, the Lord gives that help and strength as needed. We believe it will be so as it has been through our lives in various times and various situations. And we, by faith cleave to that and believe that that is the case and will be so. And the more times we have proved it through life's journey, the more assurance and comfort we will have that in death's cold flood, the Lord will be our strength and stay. On to look then, thirdly, at what He should say. The psalmist says, "I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of Thy righteousness, even of Thine only." Now, what this is implying that this one that says, "I will go," is not just going to be silent. There's going to be something said. Something has to be said. Now sometimes I have smiled at the perplexity of the centurion that was sending Paul uh, to Caesar. Paul had appealed to Caesar. But he didn't know what to write. He didn't know what to explain. Why was he sending and so he's asking King Agrippa and oh, what do I write? Uh, what do I say? And how it's very evident with the text here. There is something to say. When one comes before the church is expected something is said. When one preaches something must be said. When one takes a pastorate, something must be said of the leadings to it and then throughout that pastorate. I remember a dear sister in faith. I took a funeral over in Australia. She was mother in Israel to me. But my father who baptised her and he said when she came before the church she couldn't say a thing. And The church was wondering what they should do. They'd seen the change. They knew the work. My father knew it was there. And then she just blurted out, she says, I know I'm a sinner. But she was accepted. And the hours, the days, the times I have sweet fellowship with her, uh, one of those characters, no doubt whatsoever, of the grace and the work of God in her heart, seeing her so blessed and favoured. And then when I think of that where she seemed to hardly be able to say a thing before the Church, and yet enough, and in one sense her life a witness, but we may feel very much, we have not much to say. With the two on the way to Emmaus, When they came back, they told the two things. What was done in the way and how Jesus was made known unto them in the breaking of bread. I often think that's a a beautiful testimony that any could give. What has happened in my life? What's been done in the way? Those real things that have happened. And then... How the Lord has been shown to us. If we can say that, we can come in with those two. And we read later then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. It is a blessed thing where the Lord opens the mouths of his people. I open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. When he blesses them, there's nothing like a blessing from the Lord to open the mouths of the people of God. When the Lord came into Jerusalem, they were casting the palm trees before him, singing hosannas to him that cometh in the name of the Lord. And there were those that said to him, Master, uh, forbid thy disciples. And the Lord said that if these should hold their peace, the very stones would cry out. They had to speak. And the blessing of the Lord will will make that. It will lose the tongue. And so I will make mention, not of our righteousness, not of our good works, not of what we have done, but what the Lord has done. His life, his sufferings, his death, his righteousness, even of thine only, is not to be a mixture with the people of God, is not to be half of works and half by grace, half of speaking of our good works and half of the Lord's, but of thy righteousness only. This is not the righteousness of God outside of Christ, but that righteousness which he has wrought out for his people. This is the name wherewith he shall be called, the Lord our Righteousness. And this is the name wherewith she, the Church of God, shall be called, the Lord our Righteousness. I'll point to thy redeeming blood and say, Behold the way to God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust thee sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. This is a lesson, this is a verse that is taught by experience, that brings the sinner low and lifts up a precious Christ, that takes our weakness and exalts Christ, Christ's strength and his might and puts a right testimony upon our lips, a humble testimony that exalts a precious Saviour. Well, may we be given this resolve and in whatever case and way that you have come to the house of God whether here or listening online or shall listen later to hear the word here may the Lord give you that willingness, that resolve I will go, but not on its own the whole verse I will go in the strength of the Lord God I will make mention of thy righteousness even Of thine only. Amen.